episode 211. I am so happy about this episode. I um, got asked a question last week about how to make um, a marriage work. And I thought, you know, that would be a good podcast episode. So I invited Kathy and Steven to come on and talk about what makes their marriage work. Obviously, what makes their marriage work would work for some people, but not for everybody. But they do have a really good marriage and a good relationship, and they're very happy. So I thought maybe we could all benefit from this conversation. We talked about everything, I think, to do with a marriage. Um, we talked about parenting and how that affects your marriage, about sex, about um, about values, about, um, I don't know, just everything. It was a really good conversation. So I hope you enjoy this episode 211 with uh, Kathy and Steven. Thank you so much for all your emails, uh, all your comments. I read them all. I don't respond to them all, but I do read them and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thank you for coming back every week and let me know what you think about this episode. Hope you enjoy it. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. why I thought about having this podcast. Um, there was a comic that came here on Bert's podcast a couple days ago, and he's seven months married. And he asked me, um, how do you stay married to comic? And I said, I think that the, the question you should be asking is, how do you stay married? Mm-hmm. So how do you stay married is a great question. I had an answer. Um, but I was like, I should answer, I should ask that of people who have been married for a long time and are very happy. And you guys obviously have been married for a long time and are very happy. So how do you stay married? Uh, This marriage sponsored by Johnny Walker. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. I'll tell you what I said. And then maybe I'll help you. What I said was, I think two things are really important when you're married. One is. You should wake up every day wanting your partner to be happy without compromising your own happiness. You can't always do that. Sometimes you compromise your own happiness for the other person. Sometimes the other person compromises their happiness for yours. But if your intention is that every day, then you'll probably do a pretty good job at making that happen. And then number two is you should be able to play Scrabble with them all day, every day if you wanted to and not get bored of that person. Now, you can replace Scrabble with Monopoly, with Rummy, with whatever your game of choice is. But my mm-hmm. point is, you should be able to put a puzzle together with that person and still have a good time. Because really, sex changes, money changes, um, your energy level changes, your focuses change. So many things change. But if you enjoy each other's company in a base way, I think that's a really good indicator that you're probably with the right person. Right. Right. 
That was the only two things I said to him. My so. initial answer was going to be that there has to be some level of fun. Like you have to laugh at some point and about most things, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you can do that, then you're probably okay. And then the other thing actually goes back to what you started with is about intention, right? Like I've been thinking a lot. So we, the t- speaking of change, right? I function much better when I have alone time. Mm-hmm. I've been a stay-at-home mom. I've had lots of alone time when the kids are gone. Stephen's gone. COVID hits. Stephen is home all the time. And I'm like, I might kill this man if he's around <laughs> me anymore, right? <laughs> However, that's more about me than that is about him, right? Right. So when he texts from the other room, can I get a water? And I'm like, why does he think I'm his assistant? <laughs> you know, like I'm pissed. And then I'm like, wait, let's go back to the actual intention here, right? Right. Has my husband ever thought that I was his assistant? <laughs> right? No. Like he does not. No. Like that's not his intention. His no. intention is I've been stuck in this room. I'm on this four hour phone call and I'm thirsty. Will you please help me? Yeah. So while my initial emotional response is like, oh my God, the reality of the situation is like, of course he needs a little bit of help. Yeah, of course I'm going to bring you a glass of water. Right. Right. So if you can remember that piece of it Mm -hmm. and not necessarily respond to the emotional piece that may be brought up. That's intention, but it's also perspective. It's your perspective. Yes, I guess that's true. Both. I guess it is about perspective. But like if you can take a moment to think about the other person and who they are in this relationship, Mm -hmm. like that's not who he is. He's not like, you're just my assistant to be here all day long. That's not who he is. Sometimes it feels that way, but that's more about me Mm -hmm. and my interpretation than it is about him. So I think if you can keep that stuff in mind... I think that demonstrates like that also demonstrates another reason why this marriage works is because she's extremely Mm self-aware and objective and reasonable and pretty well adjusted. Mm -hmm. And without that, like he's much more well-adjusted than I am Mm. and her ability to, um, you know, self-regulate and and be aware of 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 her other awareness. Mm-hmm. Me being the other in this case mm-hmm. is is one of the reasons why sh- we don't get into you know issues where like that's a perfect example. Actually, that's a really good one. Um, I yeah, I mean, I, so a lot of the a lot of the credit um, for us being able to keep an even keel goes to her uh, being a good, well-adjusted person. (laughs) Well, I think that's probably part of the equation. Yeah. Because one might say I have a similar marriage to yours because I am like Kathy. I'm very Mm -hmm. good at self-regulating. I'm really good at going, okay, Mm -hmm. what's really going on here? He may be exploding about the car, but he's really upset about whatever else is going on. And I can see that, whereas the reverse doesn't happen as often. Mm-hmm. But but there's got to be something coming from the other person that is not as self-correcting or as balanced, or it wouldn't be a fulfilling relationship, right? So she's getting something reciprocal from you, like I get from Bert, that makes it a happy, because... 
Yeah. She wouldn't be happy. Right. If you didn't give to her. Well, I think right? the first thing she said, too, is that, you know, you have to laugh. And yes, truth is, I'm extraordinarily funny. <laughs> I mean, if not for my sense and of very humor. Modest and very I mean, modest. Yes, right. Like, I mean, I'm not I'm no Burt Kreischer. Right. But <laughs> no, but you are no, but, very witty and very funny. Very we, charming. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we we um, we laugh. I think I think we laugh a lot. Like we laugh. Not always at the same things, mm-hmm. but there's definitely things that we enjoy together. And there's certain, there's a certain type of humor in television series that we both really sort of like and mm-hmm. gravitate toward. And it's those things that you form that connection on that you laugh together about, or you really, um, you enjoy together. And that keeps, that keeps things, um, I don't want to say fresh, but it, it just, it, it keeps things going. It, it's that, you know, you, you really, I really do think you have to be best friends or mm-hmm. nearly. Um, I agree. Yeah. And, and really, you know, have that, that person's really become an extension of you. And I don't think that happened right away. I don't even think that happened in the first few years of marriage. Right. Like, and we'd been together for a while prior, but I, 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 you know, the, the, Throughout all the ups and downs, you still come out the other end with, I think, more love and more understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's how you make it, you know, 20, right. 25 years, 50 years, whatever. Right. right. Um, because I, I really do still look forward to the tiny little things mm-hmm. um, that people would be like, wow, that's really fucking, you two are fucking boring. And, <laughs> and it's like, no, but this is a thing that we like. Yeah. So no, those tiny things it's true mean yeah. a lot because they're they seem silly, but like one day I Bert was home, he was <laughs> having a ridiculous day, and I kept thinking to myself, he just needs a break. So I called him and said, You wanna go get an ice cream cone? And he was like, Yes. <laughs> we had so much fun. We were maybe together half an hour. We drove yeah. up to Baskin Robbins, we got an ice cream cone, we ate it in the car, not driving, just sitting in the car. And just laughing and giggling. And I dropped him right back off into the mayhem that he had left. And that little bitty thing of, I knew he needed help. Like you knew he needed help with a glass of water. And I was just like, let me just pull you out of here for just a minute. That's not a big thing. That's a very small gesture. Mm. That may not be the little thing you're talking about. You're talking about connecting over a TV show or, no, or even that's... Scrabble. Right. I mean, Bird yeah. and I could play Scrabble for days on end. <laughs> And that sounds like old people, like you are like an old person. But when we were broke and we couldn't afford to go to dinner, we would order a $10 pizza and play Scrabble. And that's when we were dating. So -hmm. then you go, well, if that's fun, then imagine what like fun things will be like. (laughs) Because that's, I mean, it's fun, but that's not the same as like going to Vegas or having some real big plan. Um. So what are the little things that you look forward to? Do you think of any off the top of your head? I mean, I really do look forward. Like I look forward to um, going to sleep together every night. Like there's something about just like, and it's not, you know, because of you, I'm not going. No hanky panky. I'm not going there. Like that's not where this, I'm not setting up up for a joke here. Um, I wish I was, but the, no, I like, I really enjoy that, you know, you turn off the lights, you know, 
couple of little bit of talking back and forth, mm -hmm. sometimes laughing, whatever. And then it's just peaceful. It's like you're sort of returning to home base. Aww. Right. It's very comforting. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Bert and I don't do that anymore because he snores so bad. I go, I'm not even going to start out in here. <laughs> I'm just going to start in the other room. But I do miss that part. We do that in the middle of the day. Like he is a notorious lay in bed guy when he's home. Yeah. I can't do that. It makes oh me God. feel like a loser. That is us too. He <gasps> loves it. And I'm like, it is I, like nails on a chalkboard. I would rather do anything but that. Me too. Yeah. But sometimes I'll get in the bed with him and just chit chat like you just described. And those yeah. little bitty things do mean a lot. Do you have any little things that come to your mind? No, I think the whole TV thing, I mean, we do a lot of puzzles together. He gets so annoyed every time I pull one out. He's like, oh my God. And then he can't stop. So, <laughs> it becomes this like obsession between the two of us. Who's going to finish it? Um, yeah. And then he complains that his back hurts. And why would I do this? It's taking out the table. Like it's all terrible. And then it's very fun actually. Um, but we have always had this like TV connection. Like neither of us watch a lot of television. Mm -hmm. But there's always been throughout our entire history, like one or two series that we are like vigilant about watching mm -hmm. every single week. That is like our one hour together or whatever it might be. Right. Like, I think it's important for people to hear that because I think people, I think some people think that a marriage should be like large gestures or grand mm -hmm. sweeps or, you know, lightning in a bottle. And it really is so much simpler than that in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. It is finding your best friend and who you also want to have sex with and who you also want to solve problems with, mm -hmm. who you also want to, you know, uh, share grief with and and saying this this is what matters, not the big crazy stuff, because the big crazy stuff just kind of goes away most of the yeah. time. It doesn't last. Um but yeah, that that's that's cool because I think um I just lost my train of thought. I think um yeah, I think people just get confused and they need to hear that we do these like simple stupid things that mean a lot, like watching a TV show over and over. That little bitty connection. It could yeah. be anything. It could be that you both like your dogs and you hang out with your dogs. Okay. What's wrong with that? Do you Right. Doesn't need to be anything right. crazy. Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge about being married? Because there's every every marriage has a challenge, but what even in general, what do you think is the biggest challenge? In general? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it changes over at different periods, at different times. Like the challenges have been different. Like I don't know that there's one collective challenge throughout our entire history. Mm -hmm. Um you know, like at the beginning of COVID, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know that we're going to make it once the kids leave the house and it's just the two of us. And then once I've sort of like realized, I was like, oh yeah, we're cool. Yeah. We're good. Like yeah. I can do this. Like he can hear what I need uh -huh. and make that happen. Right. And I think I can hear what he needs and make that happen. Right. And if we can do that, we're golden. You're good. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like grand gestures. That's great. But like the rest of it is really the stuff that gets you through and will be fine, I think. Yeah. So, but like in terms of challenges. I think you're right. That's a good question. I think you're right. The, ch the challenges you know, do change with like, you know, 
whether it's the milestones of life or um, mm-hmm. aging or, or yeah, age, you know, how yeah. your money changes. Yeah. All like I think we've had different. all of that, you know, like the right. financial challenges, the like, um, you know, having babies, having location. Two, the location change, like moving cross country, you know, not having roots or being connected and, right. you know, and then finding, finding new friend groups, like, but taking I'll, care of aging parents, like all of that kind of stuff, like all of those things, like sort of ebb and flow mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so they've all been challenges at different points. Mm-hmm. I think the, the ones that are probably harder challenges are the ones that you're not doing together. Like moving cross country, we were both doing that. Finding new friends, we were both doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, taking care of aging parents, both doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Work-related stuff that I have that she doesn't have, there just has to be sort of that perspective to sort of understand how that challenge is affecting me mm-hmm. and likewise what's going on in her world mm-hmm. that I have to look at and to, I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to empathize with that, but mm-hmm. I I have to be there to support it and, right and. And if I'm not, then that triggers the challenge for the marriage itself, Mm -hmm. because now I'm not really being supportive to her or sympathetic to whatever she might be going through. Well, that goes back to what I said in the beginning is if if your intention is I want my partner to be happy, Mm -hmm. then less things come about winning or ego or power or, um, you know, me more important than you. It really Mm -hmm. becomes, well, you're as important as me. I don't think it's healthy to say you're more important than me. Sometimes you are, but most of the time we should be the same important. You know, we should not, nobody gets better than the other. Um, Although people would find that hard to believe at my house. (laughs) (laughs) As we know, one person believes himself to be the king. And I am pretty good at just ignoring a lot of his like, you know, Hail Mary passes that he throws. I'm like, ah, whatever. We'll figure it out. But yeah, I think it goes back to that. If when Bert has something really big going on at work, I think this is hard for people too, is that when I know he's got this like massive thing happening and he loses his temper with me, not in any kind of abusive or nothing mm-hmm. like, like that, yeah. but he loses a temper in a way that I don't really deserve. I try really hard not to react to that the way that I would if he lost his temper knowing that he was just losing his temper. So Mm -hmm. to allow, again, that's what you were talking about is perspective to go, okay, the bigger picture here is this has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. This has everything to do with what's going on for him. And my job is to be supportive and helpful and, and try not to exacerbate this problem. Now, if the problem is between me and him, that's a different thing. Then then you got to deal with that in a different way. But I think it's hard for people to stop and go, wait, this has nothing to do with me to not take it personally. You know, we we as a society, I think, especially younger generation, take everything personally. And the fact of the matter is most of it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You just may be getting a little mud slung on you. But, you know, you're not the mud puddle. You're not the you're not the (laughs) wheel. You're not the tractor. You're just you just happen to be standing close by. Right. And to allow that. I think younger people are like, well, you just can't allow that. Well, to allow someone to sling a little mud can be very helpful to that person and to your relationship because then you go, oh, well, hold on. This has nothing to do about me. 
my partner is kind of off in a ditch a little bit. Struggle. Yeah. And if I'm going to push the back of the truck, I'm going to get some mud on me. (laughs) And that's okay. And when we get off, well, I'll take a shower and we'll feel fine. But I don't know if I hear teenagers talking about scenarios going on. And I keep thinking, wow, the absolute black and whiteness of it is going to really get you in trouble. But I also think that that goes for any relationship, not even just a marriage, like in a friendship too. At some point, you need to allow somebody else to have a minute, whether that's anger or frustration, whatever. You know, it's hard though. Like if somebody... you know, attacks you because they're frustrated about something else. Like it does immediately trigger your emotional response. Sure. You know, and I think sometimes it's really helpful to take a breath Mm -hmm. and say, okay, this isn't about me. Maybe I can just be the sounding board for a second. It's a hard thing to do. It's very mature. It takes a lot of maturity and it takes a lot of something too. I think that you have to do in a marriage is you have to look at things cumulatively in certain areas. If someone yells at you every day for weeks or months or years on end, that's a problem. If someone yells at you once and those weeks, months, years are pretty good otherwise, there's really maybe not a problem. Well, that's the thing. There's a certain level of trust. You have to trust that this is just a moment Mm -hmm. in which this is happening because there's a history of lots of moments where it doesn't happen. Right. So, okay. Yes. Everyone, everyone gets a moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, when that fair. moment happens, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that that person is now bad forever. You know, right. Depending obviously on the moment. If if something completely terrible and horrific happens, someone beats you up and you go, well, he was just having a moment. That might not be healthy. <laughs> I mean, Bert had a moment. He was just talking about this on a podcast the other day. So I feel like I can talk about it. You know, this moment when we were in Yosemite, when he actually looked at me and said, I've, I've married, well, you didn't hear this, but yeah. I've married the wrong person. I have just realized that I have married the wrong person. You are baiting a hook in front of me to emasculate me and I have married the wrong person. And then that moment I went, oh, we're not ourself right now. What, something else is happening here and this has nothing to do with what is going on here. You don't mean a word you're saying. You don't actually even know what you're talking about. So keep talking. And it was very upsetting. I'm not saying that I was stoic or without emotion or had no reaction to it. That's incorrect. I did. I felt had a lot of feelings about it. But the mature part of me went, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You may be getting a whole lot of mud, but this really has nothing to do with you. That's so hard to hold on. To that it's not just a belief is like a real not I really knew that had nothing to do with me but to keep that and let the rest of it just fly around you can be very hard and takes mm-hmm. a lot of maturity and some practice yeah yeah you know you, well I think that's um I think the the intensity of the so the water example mm-hmm. right or being frustrated I'm not as assistant like that I think is intensified in your relationship because of who Bert is, but mm-hmm. it is also not, it, it is, it is escalated mm-hmm. and doesn't become a, become a problem because of who you are. Oh, absolutely. And, and so you're able right. 
you're able to counterbalance. And I'm sure likewise, he's able to deescalate and counterbalance in some cases when, you know, when maybe you're slinging mud. However, the, you know, there, there certainly needs to be that, um, but the intensity of, of things and that, that are going on in Bert's life and the level of, um, dramatics that go along with it. Yes. Right. Uh huh. The, there is, um, that's gotta be a lot to take. It is a lot. Right. Yeah. He's, he casts a wide wake. Yeah. You have to hold on to the rope super hard. Yeah. uh, To be able to, to, but, but the reward is great. When you catch that big wake, it's amazing. He's also super self-aware. He is self-aware. He's very self-correcting. Yeah. And he's sometimes not able to hear in the moment what's going on. But he can reflect and come back sort of quickly and go, here's where I was wrong. He's really good at that. He, he's he's definitely common, too, though. It's well, really hard to hear in the moment. I'm sorry, would you say it's uncommon? No, it's super common. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to hard hear to when you're emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to hear feedback, especially if it's critical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I but, find fascinating is that. Being, I'm sorry, real quick. No, go but ahead. Being accountable and. Owning up to and apologizing, mm-hmm. is that as common? I mean, I hope it is, but I, I think a lot of times relationships, marriages mm-hmm. fail because people don't want to look themselves in the mirror and be accountable mm-hmm. and apologize. Yeah. And that's hard that, to do. Yeah. And want the other person to be happy. And if that other person needs an apology to be happy, then that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, no, I, no, yeah. you're, I'm glad you said that because. That is something actually my therapist and I talk about a lot when we have these off the deep end moments, you baited a hook so you've emasculated me moments, which have happened more than just that one example mm-hmm. with him. They do happen because um, like in your marriage, one of you is much more emotionally wired, passionate, reactive than the other. So, and I think that's true for a lot of marriages. If we look mm-hmm. at all our friend group, we can go, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one and that one. And then the other ones are me and Kathy. And then, so you, it, it takes that kind of, yeah, that kind of, um, yin and yang really, mm-hmm. because it's not exciting if you're two of the same, if you're both like me, I mean, Kylie and Lou joke all the time that if Tom and I were married, no one would ever talk in the house. They'd just be working. <laughs> Everybody just be working. Yeah. And I was like, you're probably right. We just work until we fell asleep. And then we get up and work until we fell asleep and no one would talk. So she was like, you can you know, dad needs mom mm-hmm. because then it makes the house kind of work. Right. But I think I talked to Jackie about that all the time. She was like, the thing about Bird is he goes to the moon, he goes off the deep end, he says things you know are ridiculous. And because you know they're ridiculous, they're not destructive for you. Right. So right. then if he were never accountable, if he never held himself accountable, you'd have a problem. Right. But you don't have a problem because you are, I am mature enough and strong enough to know the difference. Like when, when I can just sit back and let him come unraveled or when I need to step up and go, okay, this is unfair. And I, ha- I have to pick the times when I go, okay, this time I'm going to fight. Like this time, this is ridiculous. I've had enough of this particular whatever's happening um but he does always come back whether i fight or not 
he'll come back and mm-hmm. say, mm, here's where I think I was wrong. Almost every time. It's a really admirable quality. Mm-hmm. I'm not as good at it as he is. I think I'm better in the moment at seeing balance. But if he mm-hmm. gets me really upset, then I'm like, fuck you, dude. You're not getting any apology. You've now, you've, I've given right. you so many graces that you can kiss my ass. <laughs> That's what I do. And then he gets really upset because I never go. Somebody else is like that. <laughs> That's interesting. Somebody Isn't it interesting? Somebody else I know is, is similar to. It's like cool. we can take a lot. <laughs> We but, can take a lot. Right. Yeah. But at a certain point, I got to go, no, this is no. Now you've crossed into a place where I'm not going to take. I'm not going to be um, making uh, like concessions or understanding your point of view. At a certain point, you got to stop and fucking understand mine. And he has a really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. If we're fighting, then I am I am negating him. I am telling him he's wrong. I'm trying to win a fight where I'm like, no, I'm actually just telling you I'm not willing to accept your position. Sometimes I can accept it, but I can't this time. And he sees it as like betrayal. Mutiny. Mutiny. <laughs> mutiny. And I'm like, not mutiny. I'm yeah. not mutinying myself. <laughs> yeah. But how do you think, sir, right? This started with somebody who's been married for seven months. Mm-hmm. How did we get? from seven months to 20 years or whatever it might be, right? Patience. Like, but if young people don't have that perspective or whatever, and you've only been married for seven months and you have a spouse who goes off about whatever it might be that's irrational and you're getting the mud slung at you, how did we get to realize that that wasn't actually real and that we could mm. accept and own it and move on? Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Like, I, I don't think the relationship- like thinking back, like now it's super easy to understand mm-hmm. for both of us when one of us is being irrational or whatever. Right. Did it start out that way? I'm not sure it did. Cause you know, clearly 20 years, 30, 40, whatever it was years ago, we were not this mature or understanding or I mean, I was, but clearly, you were. <laughs> um, but we didn't know each other as well. Right. Right. So how, I, I, how do you I, make it that far? I mean, like what's, that's a really good question. Why? How did you get here? Right. Well, one of the things I was going to say that mm. this will tie into what you're talking about when I asked you what's the biggest challenge about being married. For me, the biggest challenge about being married is having no base of experience for what a good marriage looks like. So you have to really mm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And then to resist instincts because that's what you witnessed if, if if one of my mom's husbands got in a fight with her she just divorced him right like if you disagree with her i'm out and there's so many times where instinctively i want to be like i'm fucking out i'm out but i've never ever i almost don't even let myself voice it but my gut goes just go just freaking bounce mm-hmm. man and i don't have to really say that's unhealthy that's not what you want. Right. That doesn't fulfill your intention. That doesn't help you get anywhere. Well, I think, you know, it's almost like he found the person he needed and you found the person that you needed. Oh, absolutely. Because that, the in, speaking of intensity, mm-hmm. what you dealt with growing up mm-hmm. and what you witnessed mm-hmm. and then having been able to come through that mm-hmm. as a mentally and emotionally healthy person now mm-hmm. has given you the 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 tools 
and the resilience to be able to deal with the mudslinging that you do sometimes get from somebody who has the level of intensity Bert has. Right. Right? Yes, the same intensity I grew up with. Very similar. Mm -hmm. I wonder, what was it for us? But my point in saying that is that was a muscle I had to develop. I had to consciously develop that muscle because my muscle was so atrophied. Mm. Mine was like deformed. And so I had to like really rehabilitate that muscle. I was hyper aware of it. I wonder if you, instead of having the instinct to leave, had the instinct to stay and to work on that muscle in that way. Well, this is forever. We're staying. So how do I make myself understand this better? Process this more helpfully. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. That's good perspective. I don't know. Because I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I did assume that my parents would always stay together. Mm -hmm. You know, they got divorced after 33 years of marriage. So that was pretty much out of the blue for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if maybe that was the perspective. Like you just stay and figure it out. Yeah. So what do we got? Three more years, babe? Five more years? <laughs> You're almost <laughs> out. And I'm out. <laughs> almost out of the woods. I wouldn't really be surprised. Um, I was I, very surprised. I had a, I had a, I had a really, thankfully, yeah. luckily, I had a really pretty good, mm-hmm. not, I mean, overall, a pretty healthy picture yeah. of what a loving mother and father were like. My father doted over my mother mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even would like, be like, oh, you're going to the grocery store. I'll come. Like, like he loved being with her and always mm-hmm. wanted her around. And well, she is adorable. <laughs> my mother is adorable. She's lovely and adorable. And um, I could see that happening for her. So I, you know, and and he it was clear to him and it was clear to us and it was clear to his friends, like that he adored her. Mm-hmm. Right. Um well, that you've definitely Very replicated similar. that. Yes. And, it and, is clear that you adore Kathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To everyone who knows you. Except for Kathy. It's lovely. No, <laughs> Kathy knows it. I just don't know that she wants to be adored quite as much well, as you like to adore her. Well, there's... <laughs> right. Like her He's friendly like, Wait, you're going to the store? Yes, let's go. I'm like, I want to go I home. don't really want to follow... Speaking on her behalf. I don't really want to follow her to the store. I want to follow her into the shower. I know, like, right? Just that let me in the true. shower. And then I won't want to go to the store. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, introvert meets yes, introvert. Exactly. Sometimes you, the store is like, oh, I'm alone at last in a store full of people pushing a wobbly wheeled cart. I'm alone at last mm-hmm. because I also have an adoring husband who yes. would prefer I wear him in a baby Bjorn every day when he's home. And I sometimes are like, when he has those 10 day stretches home, I'm super excited and I'm filled with dread. At the same time, I'm super excited mostly, but there's this part of me going, I am actually not going to breathe. Is somebody going to now four days send you art of you wearing a baby Bjorn <laughs> Bert. with Bert and a baby Bjorn? Because I've seen the shit that comes in here. That's and really it's funny. It's hysterical. Some of it is really funny. That's really funny. That's what I feel like most of the time when he's home. Although he's been really busy the last few times he's been home and I haven't got to see him very much and it makes me miss him yeah. because I'm used to being like smothered by Bert when he's home. Right. But I, ha- I haven't gotten that opportunity in the past couple months. Yeah. He comes home is just he's boom, 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 yep. boom, boom. 
He's either in the sauna or the polar plunge or the hot tub or asleep. <laughs> and that's, I don't ever see him. But anyway, so you had that example. You've definitely replicated that. Right. To an extent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, I, my impression is that you did not, your dad didn't adore your mom in the way that his parents were. No, not no, at all. I didn't think so. No. no. No, I mean, my family, shockingly, is super closed off, including my parents. <laughs> like, who knew? Right. Um, I mean, he definitely, he, I think he definitely adored her, but wasn't verbal about it. Like, mm -hmm. I'll never forget when I went home and found out they were getting divorced, my dad handed me my mom's Christmas gift and was like, well, I guess I can't give this to her now. And he gave it to me. Um Oh, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, so like he definitely, he had the vision that this is forever, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what happened in their marriage. I don't know if he didn't put enough effort in. I don't, who knows? I mean, and I'll never know because my dad's not here anymore. So I can't ask. And I have a very one-sided picture from my mom. Right. Um, and I don't know that I believe her perspective necessarily on that whole relationship. So hmm. I'm not sure. Interesting. But I think he definitely felt I think he was convinced it was forever. Right. But he didn't, it wasn't as outwardly known clearly right. as much as your dad. And I actually only knew your dad for like a year, but you could tell it's absolutely the same. He's definitely just like him. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That it's must be cool. really cool to grow up in a household yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, that must be no, really, was, really cool. It was, I mean, look, they had their problems. Well, sure. Yeah. But, well, so does every marriage. Um, but there was, look, there was love, mm -hmm. like abundance of. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think that, I think I uh, instinctively modeled that. Mm hmm that's what I want our right. kids to instinctively model and expect. Yes. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I want our son to grow up thinking this is how you treat your spouse. Right. Right. And I want our daughter growing up going, this is what I should expect and reciprocate, you know, yeah. like it's not like she just gets it all, but <laughs> you know, like they, I think they have a pretty good idea of what a healthy marriage should look like. Right. So let's hope that. It they replicated yeah. in their lives. but Well, I know that I knew for sure. The one thing I knew about Bert was interesting. Bert is like a perfect um, molding of both of my parents. There was nothing in my childhood that ever let me have any inkling my dad did not adore me. Ever. Now, I didn't live with him for a while. I didn't, you know, because I live with my mom. But there was never a, never a nanosecond in my life where I thought he doesn't like me or doesn't want to spend time with me or wouldn't wish I were with him instead of at my mom's ever. So I definitely married that, right? Mm -hmm. Also, because I remember Bert saying to me when we were dating, I'm not going anywhere. Like, you're not going to be able to get rid of me. And I believed him. And I believed him in a way that I believed my dad. So I think that was something that I needed. I needed to really believe the person I was with was not going anywhere because my mom had left over and over again. I mean, she was like, right. you disobeyed me. I'm not talking to you for a year and a half. You disobeyed me again. I'm not talking to you for a year. And a half. You know, so then you go, well, I can't, 
I have no interest in that being my forever. Is that somebody just goes, yep, peace out. I'll be back in a year and a half. So as much as Bert has a lot of like flair and drama and narcissistic tendencies like my mom, he has that base of my dad, which mm-hmm. at the heart of him, he really likes to barbecue, float the river, play cards, and respect, TV. And res- has an inherent respect of women and the institution of marriage. I mean, even when he talks about like girlfriends that he has, he talks about them as like, like he, he, he was committed to that. Yeah. Like that was definitely, that's definitely who he is. Yeah. Which is true. I, you know, I look at Papa Jay and I'm like, oh, he's, he's a guy who respects women. Yeah. Puts them on a pedestal. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think I could see that. I could see that connection. That the, the, so I've said this before on a podcast, but when I took that test a long time ago, before I started my podcast, the, what's it? A personality, personality test, the value set test. One of the things he said was how you can tell a couple will be together forever is that their values um, line up. They don't mm-hmm. all have to match perfectly, mm-hmm. but majority of them really line up. And I think mine and Bert's value system lines up very well. There's some things that I don't like that he does, and I'm sure vice versa. But for the most part, mm-hmm. our value system really line up. Would you say that's true for you? For the most part. I think so. There's like, there's, th- it, but like that you're saying that now is a bit of an epiphany because oh, there's yeah? certain things that like, I'm like, oh, and I, and it's because her value on that thing is not the way I am. Right. Right. Like the, in, you know, we know there's a little bit more passivity mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit more sort of, let's do it out there. Go, uh-huh. go, 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 go. Yeah. Right? And so like, and how that feeds into areas of our lives where mm-hmm. I'm just like, God, don't be so passive. Mm-hmm. Like, and then that causes a struggle. Right. And then it causes an argument right. and on and on and on. And then there's mudslinging and uh-huh. now we're back. Right. So, but I didn't really realize that it's, it's a value difference mm-hmm. that causes that. Mm-hmm. I think your value system causes almost all of your arguments when so you get down to it. What right? we've learned mm-hmm. is that you need to have better values. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, not what we learned. Wait, did, did I miss something? Yes, you did. You Slightly. did. Okay. <laughs> your epiphany was great until <laughs> until Damn that it. last part. I was close. You Thought were I had so it. close. But, you know, I don't know. See, that's interesting because I don't know if that's a value system Mm-mm. as opposed to a personality style. Right? Like, I think our values are pretty aligned. I agree. And she's you, disagreeing with me. I agree with her, actually. Okay. And You're you, probably right. You're you probably approach right. it because of your personality differently than I do. But mm-hmm. fundamentally, we agree mostly on the same things. Like, we value the same things. We value our marriage. We value our family. We value working hard. You go about that in a very different way than I do. However, we both still have that same value. Yeah. Work right. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think, I don't know. I, I see it a little bit differently, but that's the value system. I see too. honesty, integrity. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And not this. Yeah. Honesty, integrity, um, uh, how you fight. Like we have, mm-hmm. we never name call and fighting and we've never even talked about it. It's never been like, okay, we're going to set a rule. There's no name calling. We just don't defame character. We don't name call in a fight. That's just 
you can say whatever you need to say without calling somebody a name. You know, when you're mm-hmm. in a passionate, upset, emotional place, why would you do that? It's just so bad. Then that's something that we've never, we never had to talk about. We just, all of a sudden, one day we were hearing someone else talk about fighting with their spouse and we looked at each other and went, we never do that. Like we've never done that. We would right. never, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. So then you have to go, well, that's a value system. That's part of right. that yeah. thing that you build everything on top of. Um, you know, I don't value Bert watching a lot of porn. I don't really think that's great. And for whatever reason, he values it and I want him to be happy. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't mean enough to my value system, Right. But it might mean enough to someone else's. So someone else may have that value system where you go, no porn, no strip clubs. I don't really care enough about it right. to deprive him of it if it makes him happy because I trust him because he's not cheating on me. Right. He yeah. would never cheat on me because he knew if he did, all of this would be over. And he would never want that to happen. Right. So that trust is the value system right. that I would rather have than whether or not he goes to a strip club for me. And Again, I, that's almost like the personality piece though. Like mm-hmm. the value is the marriage is important. Yeah. And you need this little piece of going to the strip club, watching porn, whatever. Yeah. I don't need that. But like our value is that if you get this, this is still the most important thing. So yes. you're like, all right, who cares then? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think I have no judgment on people who have a different value system. Yeah, totally you fine. If work- you're like no porn, no strip clubs, go for it. Right. But at the end of the day, you have to go, how much does it really mean? Does it threaten that base mm. value system? Yeah. If the answer is yes, then you got a problem. That's a different story. Yeah, you got a problem. It doesn't threaten mine because. That makes sense. Where's he going? He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Let's right. face it. Um, so I think what we learned is you want to go to a strip club. <laughs> with true. With Steve. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. together <laughs> maybe that's someone else's value system you can go to a strip club right. if you go with me yeah right. um no that makes that makes sense i don't know mm-hmm. i think that value system piece when he told me that because our personalities in that personality mm-hmm. test were completely different yeah, yeah like massively different like almost to the point of dysfunction like i feel like sometimes ours are too like we are very different people mm-hmm. in the uh-huh. way we approach the world and function and think about things sometimes yeah but that's for sure there are there's so much that we agree on yeah like At there the is base. the base yeah it's the base like if we didn't have that you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know that's what i think but i agree what As do you, you think should. in your marriage was the hardest part about having kids oh oh that's a good mean, question. Th- how did it how does it strain or challenge the marriage? Yeah. Um, like, I think maybe it's that you're both doing something that you don't necessarily completely know how to do until you've done it once or twice. And then you're like, oh, I know this parenting thing, but that yeah. takes years. Yeah. And so we're both doing it for the first time and trying to make good decisions mm-hmm. based on the common values, et cetera, right? But we're still like, you're still not sure. And so there'd be times where it strains the marriage because we kind of disagree. And so how do you deal with the kid who 
needs this support or is asking for something or how do you get on the same page? Mm -hmm. Not just about like, can they have dessert? It's the the bigger things. Mm -hmm. And I think. And can they have dessert? That too. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but I think some of the strain related to kids would have been becoming, um, finding a way to parent together. Mm -hmm. And even when you don't know if it's the right choice that you're making or you're being guided by your spouse Mm -hmm. to make a choice and you don't agree with it, Mm -hmm. how do you not carry that over, that frustration over into the marriage? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right on some level. I think if you don't agree initially, like when you're about to co-parent in the heat of the moment, it's really tricky Mm -hmm. to present as a united front Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you need to present as a united front to the kid. But you're like in the background, you're like making faces at each other going like, what What (laughs) are you talking about? Yeah. Like hopefully like the kid's not noticing or whatever. That is definitely a challenge. Um, I think that's more of a challenge now that they're older than it was when they were younger. I feel like younger, we were more easily on the same page in terms of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to agree with everything you said, both of you, because that is where it is strains the marriage is when you are not on the same page, mm-hmm. but you either have to get on the same page or sometimes for me, I can't get on the same page. Like I can't, now you've crossed over into my value system problem and I can't get on that page. Getting on that page is now in my point of view, lying to my kid about who I am. And I can't do that. Like I have to find some way to um, justify or qualify why I'm on the same page as him against my will. Mm -hmm. Then that causes problems because some, you know, we have very different parenting experiences from our own parents, neither of them perfect or none, none of the three of them perfect. Um, and we bring all that into the mix, you know, mistakes and, and, um, triumphs that our, our family have had. And they're very different. My parenting, what I received from parenting was drastically different than Bert. And I can say they were both flawed. Very yeah, flawed, as yeah. you would probably say about your parents. Yes. But that, I agree with you. That is the, that's the biggest strain on the marriage. That and after I had kids, I don't know if this is true for you. May I think we may have talked about this before. My libido and sex drive totally changed because of many things. I think I was exhausted. Yeah. I felt like a completely different body. Um, I didn't recognize myself from the, you know, neck down half the time. And I was uncomfortable with that. And, and I was freaking exhausted because my husband was gone five days a week. And that's an intense parenting that, Mm. and you're so tired. And Bert has always had this huge sex drive. And I think that caused us problems a long time ago because, um, because we couldn't get on the same page with that. And at a certain point, I would try to like rev it up, baby. But I'm like, I revved it up like two nights ago, dude. I can't rev it up again. I'm so tired. And there's no acceptance of, oh, she's so tired. We only got these two nights. I'm home. So we got to, that was hard in the beginning, like when our kids were younger. 
now that I've gotten more consistent sleep and I'm not yeah. like, you know, when you have a, a like a one and a three-year-old, the yeah. sleep you're thing like, is, I, I could, I didn't know what Jen was up yeah. and he wasn't even home. So that caused a lot of tension, a lot of problems in our earlier marriage yeah. it was because we were just on completely different pages sexually. Yeah. Um, and for him, sex means a lot. I mean, it's a Scorpio for me at that point in time. I was like, if I never have it again, it'll be too fucking soon. <laughs> I just want to sleep. And I'd like someone to rub my back without any collateral. I just, just rub my back. That's all I wanted. Back rub. No expectations. No expectations. <laughs> right. I just, just yeah. let me fall asleep yeah. while you're doing it. That's it. So that was a hard thing. And I think I'm sure he and I've talked about that a lot when our kids probably were fourth and fifth grade, because we'd had several years where everything had kind of calmed down and emotions kind of calmed down. He was like, I bet you that's why men cheat. It's because they don't think that time's ever going to end. They think this is it forever. And it wasn't it forever, but it definitely changed permanently compared to To when we were dating and real hot for each other, you know, and we didn't date long enough. We dated for a year and a half and we were still pretty hot for each other and then got married and then immediately had kids. So we had, we didn't have that like cooling down period between the two. Right. So he's used to this like hot mama and then nothing for six weeks, you know, after you have a baby and then not a lot after that because I was just like, I was just And then baby number two pops out. And it starts the all beginning over again. is really hard. Yes, I think that strands any marriage for a number of reasons. The mm-hmm. sleep, the sex, the like just the constant uh, need to provide for someone else, mm-hmm. you know, and he definitely came in second, third, whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the babies come first. They have to. He's working all the time. And yeah, it was it's definitely a huge challenge for any marriage at the beginning with kids. I think, I think so anyway, too. But. That's so much more like personal and, and so it's more of an uh, internal factor maybe for like between the marriage. It's, it's the sex, uh, love, commitment, values. That's like, that's a, as opposed to the, how do we parent this external thing on the yeah. same page yeah. or how do we deal with our finances, an external thing on yeah. the, be, deal with that without it. So we're going to be stressed about finances, stressed about the house, stressed about our parents, your parents, stressed about these kids and their schools and not stressed, but challenged yeah. Yeah. There are challenges mm-hmm. that come along. And those are all external factors beating against the marriage. Mm-hmm. And then you've got sex and other things like, that are internal to the relationship mm-hmm. that really can make it explode. Mm-hmm. I think to some degree we've been pretty good at keeping the external factors mm-hmm. from like really pushing on us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's financial or children or what have you, and just had to be resilient together about mm-hmm. the things that, that didn't go our way. Right. Um, but the internal things that really kind of, that, that re- I think that really are a, a danger to any marriage as you know, sex is a perfect one, uh, you know, because yeah. without that connection, like that's the only person in the world you're going to have that connection to. Yeah. Forever. For the rest of your life. For the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. And this is the person you're going to love yeah. and sleep next to and grow old with and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And when one of those ex, one of the, one of those things goes away, mm-hmm. you're like, well, hold on now. What is the meaning of this? Right. 
I think it is, does make you ponder the question, what is the meaning of this? Um, I heard Dr. Phil say <laughs> once that sex is about 10% of the marriage unless there's a problem. If there's a problem, it's it, 90%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's pretty accurate because I know it's all Bert could deal with when I couldn't deal with it. It's all he wanted to deal with. Yeah. And I was like, I just need to not deal with this. You know what I need? Two nights in a row of sleep. Never forget, Isla turned one. I weaned her at one. And we had planned. She turned one July 18th. My birthday is August 20th. So for my birthday, we went away. <laughs> the first night, I slept 14 hours. The second night, <laughs> I slept 18 hours. And he came home going, that was the shittiest. I thought I was going to be banging guts. He kept saying, we're going to be banging guts from like sun up to sundown. I can't keep my wife awake. And I was like, dude, I've been waking up and breastfeeding for a year. This was like the first time I'm away from them. He was so disappointed. And I was like, hey, it's my birthday. I can do what I want to do on my birthday. Yeah, and it's called you. sleep. Yeah. I just want to sleep. But I think that was... He took it actually in great humor. I think what it did is it made him realize the extent of exhaustion I really had hit. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, we're in a hotel. Of course, I would be like, yeah, baby. I could not physically stay awake. And I think he went, oh, oh, she wasn't kidding. She wasn't just trying to avoid me. No, she was like exhausted. And he let me sleep the whole time. So he didn't like try to wake me up to go even go to dinner. He just kept ordering room service. At one point, he was like, let's go get a massage. I walked down, got a massage, fell asleep in the massage, came back home, went back to sleep. (laughs) It was ridiculous. But I was like, see, I told you, I'm exhausted. I was really tired. So anyway, I think if, if young couples can just realize that's kind of normal. Not the extreme yeah. exhaustion I'm talking about, but there's a push and pull and there's kind of a readjustment of what's important right when you first have kids. I think it all comes back around um, to some extent later, but when you're in the trenches with those young kids, yeah. it really does, for women at least, move down the totem pole well, quite a lot. Of course, you know, and there's physiological things going on too, right? Hormones are yes. doing whatever hormones do after after pregnancy, right? So you're, you're, makes it even- biologically, your body does not want to get pregnant again. Why would it biologically right. go, let's have sex? Let's do that again. <laughs> it wouldn't do that. That doesn't, the science of that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So to have an expectation that your, you know, um, girlfriend or wife before who was hot and heavy is just all of a sudden going to be hot and heavy when you've got a six week old might be unrealistic. So, to have that kind of perspective, I think is really helpful. For- yeah. I think it was those, it, those first few months made a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. It was the following. It was the months after. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And then we had another one pretty quickly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, oh crap now. Okay, fine. Give it. And then it's like, all right. So everything's healed. We're in a groove. <laughs> Nothing's swollen where it's not supposed to be. Let's, we're gonna get back, and it and it 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 is a slow, 
yeah. crawl. Mm-hmm. And it it's is. never the, as you said, it's never back to what it was. No, it's never right? back no. to like fucking in the truck at the dead end street <laughs> because you just got to do it. You know, it's, well, I'm not doing that. We got to get home to our kids or the kids are in the car seat in the car with you. Well, you're definitely so not, you're, doing you're not doing right. that. But I mean, I said this to Bert. I was like, if you had stitches in your dick, would you just be super excited to like stick it somewhere? Probably not. I had stitches in my vagina. I'm not like, yeah, can you stretch that out and let's see how it goes? I don't, I'm not really looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely not that during that terrible. time. Especially so, with that picture. I mean, I'm like, and even, I don't know how other women, but I had a lot of sensitivity. Like there was a lot of stuff going on down there. So the yeah. whole time you're having sex, you're like, what's happening? What is that feeling? That doesn't feel great. That doesn't feel great either. This is not comfortable. I'm not enjoying this. I am so stressed now. Just get off of me. You know, but that's not enjoyable. I don't really want to volunteer to do that. Hey, can we do that thing again where I'm completely stressed out and can't get my mind off anything? No orgasm for me, please. Thank you. Because I can't stop thinking. Sign me up. You know, right? Let's do it. It's, I mean, I think if, I wish men could experience it for like a week. If you could just have a week of a post- natural childbirth stitched up <laughs> vagina you'd go got it got 10-4 this may be six to nine months before i want to look at you again <laughs> this is bad <clears throat> i don't know anyway i think if couples regarding marriage if couples can just know that they're going to be on a different page for a little bit yeah. if you expect to be not on the same page i think it's much easier Bert just expected six weeks and one day I'd be yeah. right back where I was before. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect. No one had a conversation with me about even what an episiotomy, episiotomy healing like process yeah. would be. No one even explained. No nurse, no pre-op. No one said, yeah. hey, you're going to have stitches. I know it's six weeks, but really it's going to take you X amount of time. It, it, that was never told to me. Right. So. I know for sure it wasn't told to Bert. So how yeah. would he even know to think like that? Right. He wouldn't. So anyone yeah. listening out there, <laughs> just know you're going to be on a different page when you have kids. I think when kids first come and teenagers is when yeah. it's the most challenging in your marriage. Right. Right. I agree. I think that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Teenagers. Teenagers are tough because... You're not on the same page. And as we mm-hmm. podcasted before, as lots of people can relate to, relationship with dad is is a bit difficult sometimes in those teen years with, for girls anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Max has been. And I don't have boys, so I can't speak to that. I but. mean, I, I think boys, girls, there's always difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sometimes it it's difficult with one and not the other. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just we together are having problem parenting this child. Right. It's, you know, there is that, or I think very often it's, yeah, it's one parent who communicates differently mm-hmm. and isn't able to, to rationalize their frustration right. or, or regulate their frustration right. in, in the same way that the other parent is. And that causes friction. Mm-hmm. And it, um, I think the, I don't know that, I don't know that we would say, I, I guess we were, on, we're pretty much on the same page though, when it comes to what, how we parent or what we want to parent or what we don't think is acceptable, what our expectations are. 
I think that was, I don't know if we ever had a conversation about it though. So then do you think, cause I know where our conflict happens is method of parenting. Not necessarily that something needs to be parented. It's method. You know, it's like, Bird is very like, you will listen to me. And I am very like, they're not going to listen to you if you do that. (laughs) And so his method of parenting is a lot of the times what I don't agree with at this stage of parenting. Is Mm. I go, you have to ask questions and they'll hang themselves. You don't go to them and say, I know you're lying. You did ABC. I know you did. If you don't really know it, because then they've got you. You've got to go. Where are you? I'm at such and such's house. I actually know that you're not. Oh, well, can you drive home or have you been drinking? Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, then you ask the question in a way that they hang themselves and then they're accountable for it because they've hung themselves instead of going to the, this is just one example yeah. of how we're not on the same page. Instead of him going, I know that you're not at that house. I know that you are here. And then it becomes combative. Whereas if they hang themselves over and over again, they got no leg to stand on. So our methodology mm. and, and I go being oppressive, being, I am the parent and you will do it because I say so doesn't teach them a lesson. You're just teaching them they must comply. That's what the army does. (laughs) You don't ask a question. You just comply, comply, comply. Well, then you're teaching them not to think for themselves. You have to teach them to think about a circumstance. That's our difference in approach. And he says at times that my approach allows them to walk all over me. And his approach makes them kind of, quote, mind. And I just don't agree with it. They may mind in your face. But they're going to do it again. Whereas, and they're not perfect with me either, by the way. They still cheat and whatever with me too. But at the end of the day, what is the purpose of the parenting? The purpose of the parenting to me is to get them to think better and to make better choices from their own thought process. Not to say, would my dad like this? Probably not, so I shouldn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Where he's thinking, I'm your parent. I say what goes. You do what I say. And that probably is, you know. Mo- he's modeling what, what, what the way he, he was parented. Exactly. Whereas my dad would, I'm modeling what I was parented. My dad would sit down and go, well, what do you think about that? Do you think that was a good choice? He, he already knew all the answers. He yeah. just <laughs> needed me to good to come up with the answers, you yeah. know, and I go, that's probably a bad choice. So then it teaches you how to think. But we have so many arguments about that methodology <laughs> and not about the problem. We agree. Whatever the problem with parenting is, is bad. They've screwed up. They're against a value system. They're off in a ditch. They're failing a class, whatever it is. But our methodology is so different at this age. When we were younger, it seemed a lot easier because you don't say because I said so when they're younger. You have to kind of give them a different kind of parenting thing. And I think sometimes Bert feels like they're old enough to know that what I say goes. I shouldn't have to explain myself (laughs) where I go, they are actually four years old, except 15 in their brain. Yeah. It's the same. I don't know. Anyway, does that happen for you? Do you argue about how you parent as opposed to what you're parenting? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So this goes. I do think that that happens a little bit. I also think though, that we, 
some of the struggle is that we don't necessarily parent, uh, I don't want to say the same values, but the way he perceives adolescents, um, should experience the world or explore or whatever is much more loose than my Mm -hmm. interpretation. So he's much more lenient. You know, like when we were away camping, Max had a curfew at 1am. I would never have greenlit that. No, I wasn't there. I wasn't the parent. Yeah, totally. His choice. He gets to do whatever he wants, but 1am, I don't really think that needs to happen. Yeah. Like midnight is fine. Right. So I think those are some of the things that like, you know, okay. Like I have to trust, like he's the dad, he can make the call like fine, but that's not what I would have done. And those I think are some of the difficulties we experience. Would you agree? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, clearly we're going to be talking about (laughs) Max having a curfew at 1am last weekend, but (laughs) But we're talking about it now, but like we didn't, like I didn't even bring it up. Right. Like he followed whatever rules you set out for him. Yeah, that's true. Um, And that's, but that's that is the expectation. He will follow whatever yeah, rules are he is given. Right. Right. And if that is your rule, right, we expect him to follow that. And he did. So fine. So question is, do I feel like we're sometimes parenting from a different value system? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think I think you actually said that very well, like how they should experience not just adolescence, but their their current years, their mm-hmm. young adult years. I had very different childhood than, than she did. Mm-hmm. And there are mistakes I made that I'm like, they got to go make those mistakes and right. learn from them. Right. And, um, there are things I experienced that like opened my eyes, not mistakes, but, but things I was able to experience and, and where I succeeded and gained confidence that I'm like, please go out there and, and get some of that. Right? Break some rules. Do Have something. Good time. Yeah. Do something. And it's not mean. even just about breaking rules, but if you know, I don't an, mean rules like that. Yeah, I mean yeah. just no, no, like yeah. But like the if staying out till one a.m. and I know you're not harping on this, but if that extra hour of being out was him being able to spend a little bit more time, be out a little later, have a little bit more sense of freedom, laugh a little more, and 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 build an experience, great, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially these days where you know, they've spent a couple of years inside a lot more locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, as, as, and I'm sure there are other examples that you could, that you could cite of where maybe we were off a little bit based on how we view some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard too, because I think not just in a marriage, but in our parent group in general, we were all on the same page when they were younger. Yeah. And now all of them driving, whatever, you can go from family to family to family that you've known for years and everybody's standards slash rules slash value system is completely different. Yep. And I don't, and it's hard to reconcile that because then you Mm -hmm. go, what was okay five years ago is not okay now. So we're telling you that family's not okay now, who is like your cousins, right? right? We're like, we've grown up with these people. We've known them. We know them to be good people. However, there's this one piece where we're not lining up. Right. It's really hard. I think it's hard for the kids to understand, too, because it's hard as a parent to understand that, to think that you're in alignment with like these other people that co-parent with you on Mm -hmm. some level. Right. And to all of a sudden be like, oh, wow, I thought, okay, so we're not on the same page. How do I handle that? Yeah. 
And how do I handle that in front of my child? Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think that is challenging. And I think sometimes you and I don't agree on some of those things. So that's tricky, right? Mm -hmm. So it is tricky. And, you know, we question ourselves too. We, we are like, is illegal for you to drink? We're not stupid. We know that right. you're in high school and you're going to drink, but I can't, as your parent, go go for it. Right. Make yourself a cocktail. I'm not going to do that. But I know there are parents in your circle who are okay with that. I'm not okay with yeah. that. Right. So you have to be in the presence of those parents and be strong enough and mature enough to go, you know, my parents are not okay with that. I'm not going to do that. Nearly impossible. That's right. nearly impossible. Right. But we still lay the task at their feet, right? Yes. Go, this is what I need from you. Well, recently we've Bird said to me, as we always evaluate and reevaluate our parenting, he was like, is that a mistake? Because if they learn to drink in a safe place, are they safer when they go to college? Mm. And I don't know the answer. Well, I don't really know the uh, answer to that. Yeah, I don't I, either. I mean, like, we had we had a very safe place to drink. I mean, we drank a ton in high school. Oh, are you kidding? Uh, I drank constantly in high school. And (laughs) not at all. And Uh, of course, shocking. I know. Of course not. (laughs) And eventually, as we got to, you know, senior year, there was even one friend's house that was like safe place to, you know, dad said, you're going to do it. Do it here. Yeah. I'll even go. I don't want you getting arrested by, I don't want, you know, like, but I know also that his that friend he didn't have a very uh easy experience drinking in college and right and had some really negative fallout right and was it because of that i don't know but i think you know i remember going back and visiting that that with that dad and mom um just because i happened to be in town and and he said you know it's been really hard you know, for him and, and, uh, you know, maybe we were too open and easy about the drinking on the right. holidays right. and the keg parties and, you know, and as a parent, you got to like think, oh, what did I, you know, that's, that's, that's a regret. You're never going to live. Oh, live, totally. Live yeah. down, right? You like, can't fix it. You right. can't fix that. No, right? you can't fix it. So I, I, I don't know about leniency. Uh, it, it, toward be like yeah this is a safe place bring your friends like that i, I would definitely not that I'm, no no we, I, we're not that either yeah, but, but we ask the question right what is the right thing like to me i was like it's not legal your brain's not fully developed i can't green light that you have to have some boundaries there are these things are set in place for a reason we've agreed yeah. to live in this society society has said 21 years old so we have to do that that's the law but you know to think she's going to go away to college and never have drank is, an, I'd be an idiot. Right, right. So it's hard to find that kind of balance. Not that I would ever green light them, anybody underage drinking in my house. Right. But how do you have that balance? That's a really hard thing. And it's hard it for them. Hard. It's hard for them, yes. I mean, you know, we actually, I think you said it, but uh, I, the way it came out, or the way I remember it, we said it, but it's probably, it was really good. So probably <laughs> it. But, you know, at one point it was to Max, who's, you know, older. Um, and so we said, look, we know that you're going to be around drinking, probably even going to be around some 
drugs. Maybe mm-hmm. they're legal. Maybe they're not. You're going to be around things that you're not able to, supposed to, or is legal to do. Right. Um, and we know that at some point you're going to try something. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be before you're 21. It's probably going to be before it's legal. It doesn't mean we're okay with that. Right. We recognize the reality. Right. And we want you to be safe and Mm -hmm. smart. Mm -hmm. And if you get into a situation, not hide it from us. Right. So that you don't exacerbate the situation. Right. But it's still not okay. Right. And so that brain is like, wait, what? Yeah. Like this teenage brain. Right. 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 We're not giving you permission, but we know that it's probably going to happen anyway. Right. And Max went, what? Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hold on, guys. I accept that it's happening, but you don't have, a green light for this like it's not okay but yeah again i'm not stupid yeah we had the same conversation with georgia and with isla yeah we're not dumb we know this is going to happen but it's not okay we just keep going it's illegal so i can't i can't really condone illegal activity right right. i can't condone you driving without a driver's license i can't condone you walking into a walmart and stealing something or any store for that matter right and i can't condone you drinking when you're underage because i it's if we've agreed to abide by the law, then we're going to abide by the law. You've never seen your dad drive. And all of the laws, not just the ones that are convenient. Yes. All of them. So that's kind of been our message and we're not stupid. We know this is probably going to happen. So (laughs) just be honest. We did the same thing. Be honest, please. If honesty is all we ask for. Um, Okay. So marriage back to marriage. What do you think? Do you think anything will be challenging going forward? You could anticipate something. Is there anything you anticipate being difficult? Yeah. I really thought that us spending so much time together, like when the kids are out of the house and it's just back to the two of us, I really thought I was not going to be able to handle the amount of connectedness he needs and wants. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way as much anymore. I feel like we've had enough conversations about how important it is for me to have space mm-hmm. and he really gets and understands and respects that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we'll be okay. But I was really worried about that. Yeah. Like after this COVID thing where he's home 24 seven, you know, I, you know, and I also realized that, you know, again, <laughs> perspective, like I see it as though he's home and now he's ruined my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But the truth but she is, loves you, Steven. But the truth Clearly. is, like his life has been ruined too, right? Yeah, like yeah. he no longer gets to leave the house. He right. no longer has that social connection with all of his colleagues, which fulfills like, a big need for him. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. need. Right. He doesn't business like, trips. Yeah, they don't like, like gone strip clubs. Strip, I mean, strip Well, there's not. You beat me to it. But, <laughs> but he doesn't. You know, like. On Zoom, he doesn't connect. He doesn't have the same social stuff that he right. had. Like, yeah, no, it's that not. doesn't happen. And he so needs that. Yeah. So while I'm lamenting about how terrible it is for me, like the reality is it's a massive change for him too. Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy change or adjustment. Right. So again, it has to be about a perspective, right? Like this is about how this has affected both of us. So I feel like now what I was really worried about, like we've come to a better place. But was your question like, what do we see being? Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. so what do you see being like now? What do I see? Challenge empty nest or like, like that's what you were asking about. Like what might be in the future? Assume, assuming in three years, you know, you don't (laughs) don't kick you to the curb. You're still here. (laughs) 
you decided you're going to hang it out. Right. Yeah. Gonna, we'll make yeah. it to 34. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I'm not sure. Empty nesting will definitely be interesting. I think um, with Max out of the house and Lily still there, that is going to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Won't it though? Yep. That is going to be a challenge. And hopefully you and her will be in a little bit of a better place. You guys had a pretty good week this week, I oh, think. Awesome. I don't know what You're happened. You're like, I don't know what happened, but yeah. okay. Um, that's pretty near future. It yeah. is very near, yeah, future. That's near future. Yes. What but about? I I am concerned a little bit. Like that's what's our one. house gonna look like? Yeah, totally. Yeah. With only one. With only one. With yeah. only with only one kid. And yeah. And Max likes to do things mm -hmm. that I like to do mm -hmm. that Lily doesn't want to do. <laughs> yeah, so now totally. yeah. So to some degree it, there's like it's gonna shift that's a, gonna, a lot. That's for gonna you. go yeah. Ah, mm -hmm. that's a good one. Great. Now I'm worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and what are you? Anything you anticipate? Other than that. Other than that. Other um, than that. You have to have your own example. Um, I guess the no the next milestone of less sex again. <laughs> like, there's that one. I'm I don't sure. know that that happens, though, after this age. Does it really get less? I don't know. I don't know. With, like, menopause, maybe? I think that depends on your menopause. Yeah. Mm. I think it depends. Does it ever slow down for men or no? Don't sure. you go through menopause? Menopause? Manopause? Manopause? Yeah, I mean, I'm I sure know. things don't work as well, at, right? But mm -hmm. like, just because things don't work, I don't know that it changes the, the male's brain. The drive. Aspect, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I mean- yeah, I would, you know, I mean, there's going to be more time alone in the house, more opportunity, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> as long as Lenore doesn't slip in the back door. Oh, now you've ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. She can't hear anything anyway. So she'll never know. know. It'll be fine. Well, just take her glasses off and then yeah. you're set. <laughs> well, I worry yeah, about, about? Um, health problems. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. My big challenge, I think. Well, Bert and I are pretty healthy, even though I know Bert's, you know, a, a bigger weight than he usually ha is. He's still pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. And I really worry. We've had a few friends in our life. Kirsten's one of them that's yep. having some health problems. And it changes the dynamic so yeah. much involuntarily yes. that that worries me. Because we're young now, 50-some, but as I look deep into the future... I worry about that a little bit. Um, nothing you can do about it. Nothing to, you know. Right. Can't really start counseling for just in case you get sick. Right. <laughs> but I do worry about that. I worry if I get sick, what will happen? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. it, and, and the reverse. If Bert gets sick, what will happen? But that's kind of a little more obvious. But I don't know what will happen if I, if I were to get really sick. I don't know what would happen. That really, that bothers me. You're more worried about that than him getting sick. You mean? No, I'm worried about both. Okay. If he gets sick, um, I'll be hiring some help because that boy will run me into the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's, you know, I wouldn't want him to get sick. Obviously, I'm joking. I would never want him or me to get sick ever. But that is my biggest fear about mm -hmm. the future is mm -hmm. that one of us comes up with some really serious yes. health yeah. problem that 
changes who who we have to be in our day-to-day life Mm. you know or even not so serious like i was just chatting with sandy about her mom you know and clearly she has some pretty serious health stuff going on but like just the management of the day-to-day like minor health stuff Mm -hmm. like you know, even Lenore who can't hear, but doesn't really want a hearing aid and she doesn't want to stop driving. Not that she needs to yet, but like all of those things Mm -hmm. are definitely going to be in our future. And I think the fact that we're seeing our parents Mm -hmm. at that stage, it's definitely more in our brain. And I also think like, I feel like we are seeing more people in the fifties who have these random things that all of a sudden you're like, what? You know, we've had some people who are massively sick and have passed away and, you know, like just out of nowhere. Yeah. Like that's just, uh, yeah, it's devastating. Yeah, it is. That would be such a huge challenge on any marriage. I think it would be. I think, and I don't, other than that, I don't really... I think once we're empty nesters, I'll probably end up traveling with Bert a little, a lot more than I do now. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that would be a bad thing. I think I'd kind of enjoy it. Um, Because the only reason I'm like, no, I don't want to go is because I have kids here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I don't, this sounds creepy, maybe. I don't want to miss a single minute with my kids. I don't want to miss one minute. And I've felt that way since I had them. Mm -hmm. Like I'd, We'd go on a vacation every year or two, and I'd be good with that. But to go on the road with him uh, like once a month, I am not interested in that life. Yeah. When my kids are home, when right. my kids are gone, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't want to stay home for my dogs. No, <laughs> I'm fine with leaving my dogs. But I think that would actually be really fun in some way. It might be exhausting because I haven't lived 20 years in that lifestyle. But I know when I go on the road with him for a couple of days, it takes me like five days to recover, but that's okay. I, right. I kind of look forward to that. I am not looking forward to the loneliness that I've been experiencing already because I have two very active teenagers and I'm home alone a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I'm really, I feel very lonely a lot lately. And I always thought, oh, all I need is a dog and cat. And- Different. It's different I think company. I did need that. And I think that I evolved. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'd entered yeah. this marriage an air fern, like I said the other day. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need anything but air. And all of a sudden, I actually need my husband. I need my kids. I need my friends and need things that I never let myself need before. Mm. Um, and it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like the feeling of needing something that you can't have or that you can't provide for yourself. Right. It makes me feel very nervous. So, yeah, I don't know. Those are the two things I anticipate in the negative Nelly part, I guess. Yeah. But being a little more lonely um, because I am going to be alone. I haven't been alone yeah. for 17 years. Right. right. And I had been alone my whole life. I had never, I had like one roommate. After college, I had obviously I had college roommates in my dorm, but after that, I only had one roommate. I always lived by myself in an apartment. So that whole, and I'm an only child. So I don't, I don't, I don't like the feeling of that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be by myself a lot. So Kathy, I think we're going to have to start playing yeah. bridge or mahjong. Or mahjong. <laughs> <laughs> we get Sandy playing as long as there's gambling. Right. She's oh, in. Yeah. She's in. hundred percent. She's in. 
gambling and drinking. She's in, She's in. but you and I will be yeah. empty nesters first. Yes. Before the rest of the gang. That's so. right. Yeah. We're the pioneers. Um, uh, Stephen, what is your favorite thing about Kathy? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing dirty. Uh, this is a family show. Sorry. Just kidding. I, mean, I was going to say, I was going to say a body part, but, but I will. That's not what we you We know that. It's not Besides what you meant. It's not what you meant. Is there earlobe, right? I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what he was thinking. Mm, she has ears. <laughs> um, um, she's an amazing, um, listener mm -hmm. and has a extremely strong understanding of other people obviously right i mean we've heard it just in how she um uh, unpacks her own frustration settles herself down and is like that's about me not like i am the beneficiary of somebody who is very uh tolerant and giving of themselves to let me be who I want to be mm. and our kids be who they want to be. Um, That's beautiful, Stephen. And I think you're right. That is exactly who Kathy is. Right. That's really beautiful. That's great. Oh, shucks. And one body part we're not discussing. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to go with legs. I mean, <laughs> she does have great legs. <laughs> she does. And they go on forever. That's what I'm talking about. Which is so annoying. But anyway. So what's your favorite part of that scene? That's what attracted him. I know, right? I've heard the story. I'm sure you have. The leg on the fountain. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> so like adorable. That. What's your favorite part about so Steven? So ridiculous. Um, mm. the, my favorite part and the thing that I hate the most um, is one wow. of the same. Here's the contrarian. Wait, um, yeah. yes. Jesus. So wait, can I go back? With the, like, since she gets... Like, Yours was perfect. You can't change it. <laughs> um, uh, the fact that he really pushes me to uh, oh. be a better person, to challenge myself, to grow. Um, I'm not that person. I don't like stepping outside of my box. And he really, really pushes that to happen. And while I hate it yeah. <laughs> tremendously, um, it's actually one of the things I love because it helps. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of that stuff. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't grow in the same way if he weren't like, make it happen, sister. Why do you think that is? Do you think he sees things in you that you don't see? Or do the things he see make you uncomfortable? Why do you think that is? Uh, probably the latter, you know, I don't like anyone seeing anything. Right. So the fact that he sees anything is uncomfortable for me. Do you think um, that's from your family culture? Probably. Yeah. Because, you know, Kathy, you are an exceptional human being. What ifs? No, you, you really <laughs> are an exceptional human being. Like yeah. in your compassion, in your give, in your ability to be a good friend, in saying what you mean, meaning what you say in your ethics, in your integrity, you really are an exceptional human being. Well, thank you. you I are. don't see that, right? So I don't know why. I don't know Can why Can I either. shake you? <laughs> yeah. Can I just go, stop doing that? But I don't get it either. That's what really? he does with the like all the time. So, well, then thank God for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. 
Yeah. Thank God for him. Yeah. So. Wow, guys, I'm all teary-eyed. <laughs> I mean, geez. My favorite part of bird is also a body part. No. <laughs> yeah. His biceps. By the way, unfortunately, we've all seen that. <laughs> Everybody's seen it. Both my kids have seen it this one week accidentally. I was mortified. He just came walking through the backyard totally naked, and Georgia was in the living room. She goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, what is it? I couldn't see him from where I was sitting with Izzy, and she was standing talking to me and just turned and went, oh, my God. Dad's totally naked and just ran room and then isla went to talk to him in the gym and walked and um someone was in the gym and said he's around the corner in the sauna she opens the sauna door he's totally naked and i'm like that's your fault georgia had no she was just standing there and he walks around the corner of the house totally naked and she's now they're both probably traumatized but no that is not my favorite thing about bird i don't know what my favorite thing about bird is that's a hard question Mm -hmm. I think my favorite thing about Bert is how much he really cares about the people he loves. Yeah. He really, really deeply cares, not just about me. Mm-hmm. He cares about you guys. He cares about your kids. He cares about Lenore. He really cares. He doesn't always have the bandwidth to show it in the way he feels it, but I see it. And when I talk to him, it just really, and that he just wants everybody to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want anybody to lose. He wants everybody to win. Those are really great qualities. Yeah. I love that about him. And that he cares a lot about the people he cares about very deeply. Yeah. He really, there's not a, there's not a, a lot of half-assing anything in his life. Like no. if, if. <laughs> right like and so like he wants and it, it is it it is interesting somebody in the entertainment industry who is not like trying to get one over on anybody else no, he's like not, no. if every other comedian out there could be as successful he'd be thrilled right yes, like that's, right. that's not he's it, no it, it's really interesting he believes there's enough for everybody yeah. there's mm-hmm. enough to go around and that there's no one just like him, yeah. which means there's no one just like you. Right. So there's plenty of room for everybody. He really does. That's his paradigm. That's really how he functions is there's enough. He, there's no scarcity in that guy anywhere except maybe at a buffet. <laughs> he does have buffet anxiety. He has to be first in line at a buffet because he's almost positive they're going to run out of the best thing. That's one place he has a little bit of scarcity is a buffet. but. Yeah, he. You're right. He really just wants everybody to live their best life. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really great. He's he's almost childlike in that way, you know. Where a child doesn't. Not many yeah. chi- children go. I want you to suck. They want everybody to be great, and he is great like that. Yeah. Any closing comments about having a good marriage that lasts a long time that makes you happy? Any any closing thoughts? Which could also be something that you also hate. <laughs> Explained it, you get it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, she is our uh, friendly neighborhood contrarian. That's very you true. know what's so funny as I was talking to Isla, uh, you know, you're you're like her second mom. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to her about. No, sorry. We were having dinner last night, and Georgia was talking about a friend 
finds the glass half empty. And I said, well, maybe she's a contrarian. I said, you know, we we jokingly call Kathy a contrarian. She's not a negative person, but she will find the contrary view to what you're talking about. And it could still be a positive view, but it's going to be different, contrasting, contrary, Mm -hmm. same kind of vibe. And Nyla goes, you're absolutely right. (laughs) I said, yes. She goes, that's exactly Kathy Frumkin. (laughs) She does find a contrary view of everything we talk about wow i'm gonna really start paying attention to that i was like what yeah. i was like kathy's not a negative person she's not a negative nelly no but she definitely goes well wait a minute what about the other side of this coin and you're like god damn it kathy we were taking 15 girls to we dowie to go camping and now you have to bring that up come on not really that's a I know. that's a non-example but you right. get my point Oh, I get it. I live. I live that point. <laughs> we were gonna go camping right. in the middle of like raging forest fires, and Kathy's like, "Bad idea, maybe." And I'm like, "Why? We'll just put some bandanas on and breathe through it. Come on, we can breathe through it." She's like, "You realize three people have asthma." Well, fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway, she had to do it that way because that's how she is. Yeah. No, it's we love it's, that about it's, her. It's. I appreciate it genuinely about her. That's why I call her. If I just want to hear somebody agree with me, I call somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to hear her perspective because it's never the same as mine. um, I mean, joking aside, it's one of the things that I need too. Mm -hmm. Like, I I am pretty emphatic, pretty... Passionate. Passionate, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, on what I want and what I think needs to happen. Um, you're very laser focused in some ways. And it, once you get the, the blinders mm-hmm. on, I don't think you're unusual in that. That's what makes you successful in what you do for a living. But then to have somebody come back and go, hold on, you need to, there's another lens through which to look here. Mm-hmm. Right. Which can be frustrating, mm-hmm. but, uh, also is very helpful and, right. and you know, kind of, it gives you a way to sort of check yourself. Right. It makes you consider mm. doesn't mean you have to accept oh no i don't listen to anything that's the thing it's yeah, not you, about when you agree to listen to someone you're not agreeing to accept what they're saying right you're just agreeing to consider it yeah. and if you can just agree to consider it's amazing how much tension leaves the room you know when you go i'm not agreeing with you i'm just going to listen to you and consider what you have to say and then allow it to change you if it if you value it in a way that changes you and not just dig your heels in and go, no, I have, I live with that a little bit. When he gets a little emotional, he has a really hard time considering any other perspective. He yeah. has to calm down a lot before that can get in his brain. And I always think, just consider, why don't you add this to what you have and then mix it up and then see what you have. Sometimes I think that's hard. Yeah. It's definitely hard for Bert. I think it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. When you're in an emotional place, but anyway, I don't know how I don't talk about that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I would I would say the the only parting thought I would have is that I I hope, regardless of whether people think the institution of marriage itself is important to them or not, that they that more and more people find that person that they can't live without mm-hmm. that they just want to be with mm-hmm. and and want to wake up to every day and go to bed with every night like and that there's there's something that there's a there's a 
intangible that mm -hmm. and i think that's why it's you know people talk about you know it's love it's in the heart and it's like it's all metaphor shit but like yeah it's hard to describe it's, it's hard elusive. to describe right mm -hmm. it, it, and so i hope more people are able to find that and let that rise above the challenges that go mm -hmm. with whether it's a marriage or a relationship or a partnership or whatever it is right mm -hmm. because that's how more of them succeed right yeah that's great Closing well said. thought parting thought what about Thanks. you kathy any parting thoughts uh, not really i think you know it really is just about allowing the other person to be who they are accepting them and mm -hmm. again, not necessarily agreeing with everything, mm -hmm. but hearing who they are, accepting who they are, letting them be that, having fun a little bit, I guess. I don't know. I agree I, with you. You know what? Before Bert and I got married, I had sat with myself and said, he's a slob. He's a comedian. He may never make a dime. Mm -hmm. And he, he, is so impulsive, eyes wide open. You either accept that or you don't. And if you don't, you can't stay. Right. So you can't go here and go, oh, we're changing that. Right. <clears throat> we're going to stop throwing our panties on the floor. We're going to stop. You know, he may mature out of some of that stuff, but I can't expect that to change. Those are two very different things. Because maturing out of something happens in all kinds of places when you get married on um, maturing into things too. But I think that is something that women in particular make a mistake of mm -hmm. thinking even subconsciously, Training. I'm definitely going to change that. Right. And it's just not how it works. That person they show you to be is who they will be forever. Yeah. Unless something really monumental happens to make that shift. And so you have to be, look at it, eyes wide open and go, am I willing to be with this forever? I mean, the, the slob part was hard for me. I am not a slob. And the way my house is now is still more cluttered and disheveled than I would like. But I can't keep up with the merch that comes in, the packages we get from fans, Bert's own shopping spree problem is hats and shoes and hoodies that just keep showing up and keep showing up and the, so the suitcases that explode they, they just explode and you walk over them for a week until yeah. he closes them back up and leaves because he goes i don't understand the point of unpacking it when i'm packing it in two days and you go not not a not, not a an invalid point, point right. but for two days now i'm working walking over your shit so it's not been easy yeah. to say but Every time I get to reach my limit with it, I go, no, no, no. You agreed to this and yeah. it would not be fair. That would not be okay to then chastise him or make him feel less than or bad because right. of the behavior that I agreed to when we got married. I just don't think that's fair. And I think that that a lot of people don't have that perspective. Another thing that's really important in our marriage I don't know if you guys do anything like this. I know this is a long podcast. I'm sorry. Um, but we do this thing called a summit. Do you know what a summit is? I've heard you talk about it a lot. But I don't know what you're, I don't know that I know what you're talking about. We do a summit. I mentioned this on a podcast with Leo, I think a couple weeks ago. 
And I've gotten so many emails asking me to talk about it. I think I'm going to do a whole episode with Bert where we talk about our summits. But we do this thing like once a year where we just have a meeting because a marriage is sort of like a business where we sit down and kind of have a business meeting and talk about everything. We check our ego at the door. There's no ego. We talk about our kids, our money, our parents, our house, what car we, you know, leases up on the car. What are you thinking? That's brilliant. Problem with sex, problem with communicating. Do we need therapy? Whatever is go. Do you need therapy? Whatever's going on. It's like a, it's like a meeting. It's a summit. And it usually lasts a long time. We try to plan it after we've gone out on a date. So we've had a nice evening. Yeah. And you don't want to ruin that evening <laughs> by having a big nasty argument. Yeah, yeah, You want the evening to end on an up note, feeling like you've really accomplished something. So we'll go to dinner, have a nice dinner, come home and have this summit. Like notebooks, like we've prepared oh, you for do it. it. You do the at night, you don't do it like the next day. You do no, it. we do it at night after dinner. Or sometimes we would go to lunch when the kids yeah, were yeah. in school and then do it after lunch. But I mean, like we'd make a list of what we wanted to talk about and go through both of our lists and really lay things out on the table. And some things are not solved, but at least they're on the table, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can go, okay, I didn't know that this was a problem or I didn't know we would have to make these decisions or I didn't know that this was coming up right now and it just kind of I don't know it just makes it it just makes life easier somehow it takes a lot of it's like preventative medicine Mm -hmm. you know it's like preventative medicine where you're going I'm going to prevent any problems because we're just going to put everything out on the table good bad and different what's life looking like and really take inventory that's a good idea it's really Mm -hmm. helpful For us, especially because he travels so much, you know, all of a sudden you haven't talked about anything serious in like three and a half weeks. And it's something you needed an answer for a week ago. Yeah. It gets lost sometimes. And um, I don't know. I think that's really helpful. I think he and I should podcast about our summits because they I don't know how we came up with that. I don't know if it was me or it was him. I tend to think it was probably me. (laughs) But I mean, we named it, too, because it's something like. It's a big deal. Yeah. But in that big deal, we don't make it a big deal. You know what right. I mean? It's no, no intensity. Just right. showing up and having a conversation with a coworker about what's going on in the office. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyway, anybody mm-hmm. who's married, I personally have gotten a lot of value out of something, out of that. So you know, not everybody has to do what I do. Right. But something well, like that, you know. That's a good idea. It is super helpful. Every once in a while, you're like, hey, I need 15 minutes. We need to discuss like the budget. We need to discuss whatever. But like sometimes I do feel like it's hard to pin you down. Yeah, exactly. Even though you're home. I'm like, I have three million things I need to ask you. Yeah. So to set aside some time is really smart. Uh, Buy me dinner and it sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all I have to say to Bert is we need a summit and he'll go, let's do it. I mean, it's like that. For some reason, when I say that or he says it to me, we need a summit. We know we need to do some work. Yeah. We got to put some work. I I do well with structure and me too. like, you know, I need if we're going to do that, then yeah, I mean, I'm PowerPoint. Bring bring your bring your lesson, (laughs) bring your agenda. 
right? Like, bring oh, us, that bring is the, bring works the for points me. That we need to discuss. <laughs> totally. Take notes and and the, but there but then the, it's the what are the action items afterwards? Like how do the how do we follow up on those things? But we do, do we that. Sure get done? Right. But in the meeting, we'll go. I'm doing this. You're doing that. I'm doing this. You're doing that. And because our value system is what it is, it just gets done because mm-hmm. that is our marriage. Right. The summit really is a meeting about our marriage. And your marriage is a business, a partnership. It's, if you look at it, you know, it's so much more than love and romance and right. sex. It's really a partnership. So if you're going to, if you treat it in that moment like a business, then no one takes anything personally. Right. No one, no one gets their feathers ruffled. No one, even if it's something you're like, I feel like we're not communicating well. Like we've had that in a summit. I feel like every time I say A, you say B just to say it. So let's talk about that because it's not happening in a fight. Right. It's happening on neutral territory. Mm. So you can really say, you know, this has really been bothering me. And how do you feel about that? Because now you're not in this super engaged, really intense emotional place. You can have a more balanced conversation about it. So it's not that we just talk about business-like things. We talk about how we feel about things too. We've in early summits, we talked about sex a lot because <laughs> that was on Bert's agenda a lot. But we don't really talk about that anymore. We actually haven't had a summit in a while. And a couple of weeks ago, he said, we need to have a summit again. And we had a summit about his business, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we ran out of time. So we need to go have dinner and have a marriage summit. summit. Yeah. Have a, have a personal summit. Personal summit. Yeah. Anyway. That would be something I would give advice for closing, whatever. It's good, it's good advice. <laughs> but thank you so much for being willing to talk about this. And thank yeah. you for being sure. willing, Kathy, to say, I didn't know how this was going to work when we went in this pandemic. I needed time alone. Yeah. We worked it out. I think it's really important for people to hear that people have thoughts of how are we going to make it? And then you figure yeah. out how to make it. That's really vulnerable. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's really important for people to hear um, that you have thoughts like that and overcome them, work through them as a partnership. That's great. Thank you for being vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) She's saving most of it for later. That's right. (laughs) In the shower. Right, right. right. (laughs) With my earlobes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love you both individually and as a couple, and I admire your marriage. Thank I think you, you have you. a great mm-hmm. marriage. And Thank I you. feel so lucky to be surrounded by you and Sandy and Tom and, and Lynn and Eric and all these marriages that are committed and work. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I couldn't be married to Eric or Lynn. I couldn't be married to Sandy or Tom. I couldn't be married to either of you. But your marriage is all work and it's so great yeah. to be a part of, to share in. Um, it's inspiring really. Um, so thank mm. you for, for sharing your lives with us. Really? Thank we've, you. we've shared our lives together for how many for years a now? Time, time, right? it's a long time. Right. It's really a gift. It is very much so. It yeah. is yeah. for our children. Yeah. It's a gift for us. Yeah. Yeah. As to Eleven. quote Tom Hayslip, the last time we left his house, we left his house on Chinese new year. Uh, we were talking about our trip, our two families to Lake Havasu and how much fun it was. And I said, um, 
yep, uh, the, we're about to be empty nesters. And he went, and bring on more good times. Let's bring it on. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about, Tom Aislip. It's not just about the kids. It's about the grownups, too. Yeah. Let's all just create our own retirement community and they'll all retire together. Please. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's great that looking to the future, I see us going uh-huh. and doing things together all the time that has nothing to do with our kids yeah. because the way we met was our children's relationships. And then we got the benefit of developing our own relationships that have nothing to do right. with our kids. That will continue without yes. the children being there. What yeah. a gift. Yeah. That's a gift. Super lucky. You guys are a gift to me. So thank yeah. you very much. Thank I appreciate you. Thank it. you. I love you both. Love you. Thanks for having Thanks. us. I'm so glad you came on and talked well, about this. Yeah. I think that we should give together